Is the world flat or overflowing? A flat world is how we understand what is true or not. It means a thing is only a thing. A chair is only a chair. A candle is only a candle. History is the past. It may give us tips about our present, but it is only in the past. We are not our past or our present. We are individually the sets of cells and organs that occupy our body and the space in which we are currently present. Is our world flat or overflowing? Isaiah, the prophet, says that the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. How many of us have walked in darkness without seeing that light? All of us have had moments of darkness, but we eventually realize that those moments are not eternal, and assuredly those moments of darkness do not feel very flat. When you are in grief or feel lost or depressed, and if someone tells you it doesn't mean anything because we're all just evolved from cosmic dust, that doesn't feel very good. And they're not wrong, though. The problem with a flat world is not that it is an error, but that it is limited. It doesn't describe the reality in which we experience. We can be evolved from cosmic dust and still grieve. And we can grieve not only as an evolutionary development for the perpetuation of our species, but also because we miss people who are gone. Our emotions can be chemical reactions and also be emotions. Is the world flat or overflowing? Mary is not the kind of figure often found in ancient stories. First, she is a woman, kind of brushed over a lot. She is young. She is un. Married. Her family, she's not the daughter of a king. The most amazing thing about Mary is not that she becomes pregnant, but that she says yes to God, but it is also amazing that she becomes pregnant. And it is also amazing that Joseph still loves her and believes her. More than one thing can happen at the same time. In Luke 1, right after the passage that we read, Mary sings the song that in Latin is called the Magnificat. Begins with the lines, My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. And most often we have images of Mary as this beautiful, pristine, angelic creature, usually with blue. But when you pay attention to the words of the Magnificat, it's a, it's a revolutionary song. It is not a simple prayer, but an an acknowledgement that the powers that be need to be shaken and thrown out. Mary sings, God scatters the proud. Mary sings, God brings down the mighty from their thrones. Mary sings, God exalts the humble. Mary sings, God fills the belly of the hungry. And Mary sings, God sends the rich away Empty. This is a revolutionary song. Should you live for something more than yourself or should you just live for yourself? Should you eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die? Or can you imagine a more just and beautiful world and think that that matters? Do you ever cry when you hear of the tragedies of others? Do you ever weep for joy when you hear of people reunited? Your joy and sorrow and grief 
and laughter and friendship and hope and comfort matter. Those 3 a.m. nights with your children or those 10 p.m. phone calls from friends whose marriages are falling apart matter because the world is not simply the sum of the cells and atoms moving around. Or maybe the world isn't flat and the earth instead is moving on the back of a turtle. There's a story about William James, the famous psychologist and writer, that after a lecture, a woman came up to him. And she said, your theory that the sun is the center of the solar system and the earth is a ball which rotates around, it sounds very convincing, Mr. James, but it's wrong. I've got a better theory, said the little old lady. And what is that, madam, inquired Mr. James politely, that we live on a crust of earth which is on the back of a giant turtle. (laughs) Now, of course, Mr. James, being polite and a gentleman, not wishing to demolish this absurd little theory by bringing to bear the masses of scientific evidence he had at his command, he decided to gently dissuade his opponent by making her see some of the inadequacies of her position. He said, if your theory is correct, madame, what does the turtle stand on? You're very clever, Mr. James, she said, and that's a very good question, replied the little old lady, but I have an answer to it, and it's this. The first turtle stands on the back of a second, far larger turtle, who stands directly under him. But what does the second turtle stand on, persisted Mr. James. To this, the old lady crowed triumphantly. It's no use, Mr. James. It's turtles all the way down. (laughs) Now, Turtles All the Way Down is a wonderful little John Green novel about about grief and, and mental illness. It's great. And it's also a clever retort that Bertrand Russell used a lot in his, in his book, Why I Am Not a Christian. It is a shorthand for an infinite regret, the fallacy of infinite regression of sets. And if you're interested in that, I'd love to have that conversation with you later. But basically, that if, if you have an impossible question, it point, you can't answer an impossible question. So when you point out that a question is impossible, you just kind of move on with your life. But this gets back to my first question this evening, the question most beautifully answered by Christmas. Is our world flat or overflowing? Is the world all that it seems to be from the most neutral position, or do I have a place and do my experiences matter? Am I a collection of atoms, or am I Wilson Pruitt, or more radically, can I be both? Is the universe turtles all the way down, Or is there a God who created everything? A God that cannot be described materially, and yet a God who refuses to maintain distance from us. A God who hears the cry of the weary. A God who sees God's people walk in the darkness. It is not turtles all the way down because each moment and level of existence is sustained by the God who is love. As Paul says, God is the source in whom we live and move and have our being. We see this at Christmas that God became human and flesh, and all our moments of joy and pain and love, all our histories and stories, our past and present and future are not simply dust in the wind. Each is pregnant with a song of love that is God's love for you. And the star of Bethlehem can be two planets conjoining together. And it can be a sign that God loves you. 
You are not foolish for dreaming of a world healed of pain. You are not foolish for desiring an end to your own pain or the pain of another. You are wise to dream, and God dreams with you. You are wise to take joy in the people of your life. The God who created everything is not waiting around for us. Instead, God enters our life through the flesh of a child so that the infinite distance between creator and creature can be overcome. So that the brokenness and darkness we see can be healed. So that the joy and happiness we feel can point to something more than momentary and fleeting bliss. It can point to our ultimate future together with God. When all shall be made well. When the lion shall lie down with the lamb. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.